0: Data Smart, the weekly podcast on data security, information management, and all things related to the data you have, how to protect it, and maximize its value. I'm Jay Ward. And I'm Christian Ward. Today, we're going to discuss, well, a topic that's kind of easy
1: to forget, amnesia. Um, Jay, I've been looking at the GDPR, and uh, there is a pretty serious operational uh, deficiency that I want to talk about, which is... Um, It allows for people to delete records. In fact, it's sort of a a pillar of the whole concept of giving more control over your personal data uh, to individuals. And while I certainly commend the effort, uh, it dawned on me that there is a little bit of a problem, and uh, we recently wrote a blog post about this. Uh, the Jason Bourne series, the Bourne uh, uh, Identity, the Bourne Supremacy, and the Bourne Ultimatum were my favorite as a kid growing up. Like I read every Leatherman book after that, uh, and and partially because the the, the thrilling nature of uh, a secret operative um, having such a serious case of amnesia that he literally has to piece back together his life to figure out who he was and what he was. Um, There's actually, unfortunately, a lot of similarities here. Uh, So um, right now, when I read um, Article 17 of the GDPR, which is the right to erasure or commonly known as the right to be forgotten, uh, it specifically states that the data subject shall have the right to obtain from the controller the erasure of personal data concerning him or her without undue delay. And the controller shall have the obligation to erase personal data without undue delay where one of the following grounds applies. And it goes on to explain the individual grounds. Um, The first thing I wanted to kind of talk through is, um, if that is true, what is the extent to the erasure that is necessary because it starts to present some real operational problems that I've seen
0: in other data strategies over the years. What what are they saying? What do they really mean in terms of erasure? Well, this situation sort of reminds me of the beginning of uh, Monty Python's The Holy Grail where they have the the title card and they say we we've fired we've sacked the people who've done that and now we've sacked the people who've sacked them, and we're sacking the people who've sacked... It goes on forever. It's turtles all the way down, as we like to say. And the situation with Article 17, right of erasure, is that if a data subject exercises a deletion request, um, and you comply within 30 days, and you, no kidding, delete absolutely everything, well, you now have no record even of the request request for the deletion. And so how can you prove that you did it? It gets into some very inception-esque uh, difficulties in terms of proving what was done, what's real and what's not. So in general, I think you can say that the right of erasure in Article 17 means you know, just delete the data that, that's no longer necessary or that's beyond the scope of what's um, originally been agreed to or if they withdraw their consent you delete and then you know you worry about the marginal cases later but ultimately every case will become a marginal case if you're not functionally segregating the data that has to be deleted from the data about the deletion of the data. And it, it be, it's a very difficult concept to get right. And, and people really, it's just the beginning of, of the time where the GDPR is in force, and people are very unsure about what to do.
1: Yeah, I, I think this. my concern as I was reading through this was uh, predicated upon a prior uh, life experience. Uh, so working as a chief data officer uh, in the past at a major data aggregator here in the United States, I would often, let's say, once a quarter, get a phone call from, let's say, an irate business or a um, you know something much more serious like a. Um a shelter for um, uh, battered individuals or something like that, something that really truly needed to be private. Uh, and our database was used to create maps back then. And I get a phone call, like, or even from the Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts of America, you realize that all of their campgrounds uh, can never show up on a map. It's a security uh, uh, request that they have to many mapping companies um, because they just don't want to, people to know that many children in one particular location. And there's a lot of really valid reasons for other things like military installations and and the such. So I'd get this phone call where someone would say to me, hey, you guys are the source of this data. Please take it out of your database. And I would say to them, so you want me to delete the record? And they would say, yes. I said, that's not what you want i think that's what you think you want but that's not really what you want Uh, and they would continue to be mad for about 20 minutes and then i would slowly have to explain that if i delete the record and there is no further record of them then the very next month when i compile and pull in external data sources as i'm making my own database I have nothing to compare it to, to say, oh, wait, that record? Don't let that record show up again. And so the the methodology that is really in use in most industries of data is not one called deletion. It is called suppression. And I think your point about maintaining a record of the request to delete is the way to sort of manage suppression going forward. Because I don't think the spirit of the law was meant to be, hey, if I delete everything and then two days later, the person, the subject, the data subject comes right back into my data coffers through some other third-party source. I don't think the the spirit of the law was that in an ongoing fashion, I once again immediately have that same data record. I think they are looking for you to no
0: longer have that record. What, what do you think? I think there's... An unintentional aspect of gamesmanship that'll apply if we're too literal about the enforcement of Article 17. Um, You know, consider, for instance, where you try to get, uh, as you've written about, Christian. A first time user benefit, you know, 10% off free shipping or whatever. You get that, you demand deletion, and then the very next day, you're like, I want the same benefit. So you can get a, you know, you per- create a permanent benefit and an incentive to game the system that way. In the same way, you can, if we've deleted all records of who you are and the fact that you've requested deletion, if, as Christian says, there's an external data source that we can pull from and you haven't requested deletion from them and it comes back into the, uh, the data that we have, we can say, look, we had no way of knowing and we've just gone right back to processing the data to begin with. So I think what we have to do is craft solutions to this sort of interstitial Article 17 problem of deleting the deletion and there's ways to do it. I mean, you can you can reside in the safe harbor for anonymized data, you know, you can create a a hashed uh, chart of, you know, the, the requests and enough to allow you to meaningfully identify who the individual is, but because you're it's anonymized, and you're no longer processing the data, you're just storing it in you know, for instance, if in fear of a potential litigation or an audit down the line, there are justifications that you can use that actually make sense, but it it does depend on the circumstances and in some ways it will depend on the data protection authority. You know, I can see situations where there might be a divergence between the way, you know, the you know, the ICO handles it and the way the data protection commissioner in Ireland does. So in order to really come up with a solution that works, you have to sort of thoughtfully process uh, internally how you want to deal with this issue, come up with a fairly robust explanation for what it is, document that, hold on to it, and then, you know, as time goes on, adjust. So I I agree with that. Uh, I think I'm very concerned about how the regulators actually will interpret uh,
1: a logical approach to deletion. Uh, But beyond that, what do you think about sort of the, the, the... the process of the ongoing deletion. So what we find in the data world a lot of times from a, you know, an architecture perspective is I'm gathering data from multiple sources. That could be direct data from the data subject, uh, such as if they open an account or they revisit my website. If that happens after a deletion request, Uh, You know, there's an argument to be made that they've re-engaged with the company. They've recreated an account, and they would that would that sort of allows us to say, okay, you've re-engaged, and that deletion request, which had been handled in the past, is no longer um, necessary to continue. But I am more concerned about the the other side of data aggregation. So, uh, for many businesses they take a data quality, a data append approach, and they ingest lots of third-party databases uh, to just sort of augment the information that they have about data subjects or potential marketing uh, subjects, people they wanna reach out to for their products and services. So what about the ongoing nature of it? So do we take it literally that the, the, the request for deletion is at a moment in time, or is there an approach here that says, look, hey, Facebook, I want, I want to be out of your database. Uh, they comply, let's say. They take me out. I'm gone. But two seconds later, someone takes a photo of me at a party and very easily they recreate my account with facial recognition uh, without storing my data to some extent to be able to say, oh, wait, that person said they don't want to be in here. How do we fight not
0: the active Reinstantiation of an account, but the passive reinstantiation of account. Right. You think about the scenario where it says tag someone, and they're not on Facebook, but the the person who's posting the photo types in manually yeah, types you, in the name.
1: Yeah, you can tag a dog now, right. so you can tag anything.
0: Yeah. Um, so I, I think there's there's two responses to that. The first is that because there is no universal signifier for an individual that you can identify them across systems. You can't crosswalk Jay Ward from you know, five or six different systems. Um, there's no way to say this deletion request applies to every source that you get. So Facebook, if you're getting information from Dropbox, You know, I didn't request that Dropbox delete my data, but I did request that you did, and so you'll have to know who I am. You can't do that. So it is, in some ways, technologically impossible to achieve that kind of level of deletion without having it be actually suppression. Um, I do think that longer term, you know, some of the other components of the GDPR, do, you know, the data portability, for instance, they want there to be systems that make it easy to transfer data across uh, across platforms, and, and that I I guess is an effort to make it easier to crosswalk data so that when a request for deletion goes out or for when a request to limit processing even more than deletion, the limitations on processing become really, really complicated um, if you don't have the ability to crosswalk. That's where I can see, you know, the potential long term for, for this to be a possible thing to do. But technologically and practically, it would be very difficult to just full on delete and not have this sort of recurring problem that you've identified.
1: So I think then what we're going to find out very quickly is I can hear the entrepreneurial steam engines uh, beginning to churn, which is people are going to build platforms to analyze or to ask for deletion or removal of all data subject material then they're going to use crawlers and other means to analyze what's out there to see if they can identify that you once again have them in their data set I think it's a dangerous proposition for many companies where they have a deletion request um, and and a passive, recreation of an account or access point occurs. Uh, Because if that happens, um, it's gonna be very hard for the company to demonstrate that they did comply. Um, And so that ongoing record of, yes, we got the deletion request, here's who it was, and we continued an ongoing suppression campaign, I'm hoping that the regulators ultimately see the valid nature of that. Just like the person that called me irate to say, take me out of your database, you know, you can't have a Boy Scouts or a Girl Scouts of America campground address in your data set that's showing up on maps, get it out of there. My point to them is you need me to maintain essentially what we call suppression tables. The suppression tables maintain an ongoing outlook to try to actively match when incoming passive data is being used in the compilation process so I can match it and then say, you know what, that record, don't let that record go anywhere, just suppress it.
0: Right, and there's, there's precedent for that. I mean, the ICO in the past has issued guidance about suppression in the context of direct marketing. Um, and I think if they don't, I think if the data protection authorities don't at least find some way to mediate, to ameliorate rather this problem, it's a liability trap. Yeah. Because if you're if you don't comply and you keep some information in the hopes that you're going to protect, um, you know the fun the real will of the data subject, well then you've violated Article 17 and the right of erasure and you've done it intentionally and so the 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 penalties and fines can be commensurate for an intentional violation of of the GDPR. If you do fully delete everything um, and you don't maintain a record of it, and then the data comes back in through a passive channel and you keep that information, now you have unintentionally, but nevertheless, still violated the GDPR because you're processing the data of the data subject after a deletion request. So this is one of those instances where there's no clarity because the regulation the text of the regulation, ought, you know, doesn't. Presuppose every scenario, and so we have to wait for guidance. So this sort of sort of like terrifying feeling of all right, well, what's going to happen next? Kind of like a Jason Bourne movie, Um, although more like the Great Wall, where you're watching it and you're wondering like, oh God, why is Matt Damon doing this? You know, I think that's a better example because you have no idea what's going to happen, and you just know that either way, you're going to be filled with regret. So if we don't get clarity from the regulators soon, I think everybody's going to be in this position where they're sort of halfway between full deletion and not, um, and that's a that's a troubling prospect.
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think ultimately uh, the process will both protect businesses and individuals if a, uh, a middle ground can be found between the chaos of total deletion, which ultimately opens up all of these problems, to the more ordered path, which is um, deleting any use, access, or ongoing passage of data from one business to another, uh, which actually is a little bit the way the CCPA is is going for a solution to this, right. um, the California uh, Consumer Privacy Act uh, doesn't have the concept of deletion. It has the concept around not allowing data to be passed on to an additional processor or an additional party, and so literally, what you're doing is is um, allowing for suppression to occur. And I, I you know, I, again, I think that's where this this probably ends up a little bit more likely. Um, although deletion, to some extent, still makes sense. Uh, so it's going to have to be a middle road. Otherwise. Um, I know a lot of people that are going to get fifty thousand sky miles with five credit cards over five months, and very quickly uh, be anointed the world's largest sky mile holder right. due to the ability to remove and then
0: once again first time apply because uh, that's definitely going to happen. Yeah, I mean, again, if if you don't think that people will find these sort of as I call them interstitial parts of the GDPR and take advantage of them you've never experienced working in, in in commerce, because this is exactly what people do. It's like, it's, it reminds me of the guy who got 7 million Pepsi points or whatever it was and said that he wanted an elephant. And the courts were like, well, I mean, you kind of got to give this guy an elephant. That's what you <laughs> um, They They backed off of that, of course. But you know, there will always be people who game the system just because they can game the system. And this is an invitation for that. Excellent.
1: Well, we're going to dive into suppression further in the blog posts and the weeks to cover uh, more of the features and functions operationally of how a business should think about complying with deletion, but maintaining a concept. Uh, or some level of record uh, so that you can actually suppress data in an ongoing manner because the passive ingestion and creation of accounts following a deletion request is probably the most thorny portion of this subject. Uh, So that ends this uh, episode of Are You Data Smart? Uh, We thank you for being with us and we look forward to talking with you next time.